We come today to celebrate the centerpiece of all of Christianity. Without uh, Easter Sunday, there is no Christianity. You take away the resurrection of the dead and Christianity crumbles. There is nothing more important in Christianity than the fact that Jesus rise from the dead. If he just was nailed to the cross and he died on the cross without rising to the dead, he would be a martyr like Joan of Arc. Okay, there's a lot of people who have died for their Christian faith and a lot of people who have died a martyred death, even a death on the cross. Legend has it the apostle Peter was nailed to a cross, but there's only one that was risen from the dead. Okay. And it's the very centerpiece of all of Christianity. And I like the fact that our religion, our faith is, is centered in historical events. Because if you look at, um, uh, Buddhism, it's centered in the teachings of Buddha, okay? If you look at Mormonism, it's centered in the uh, teachings and the vision that Joseph Smith had. If you look at Islam, it's, it's centered in the teachings of Muhammad. Our faith is not, listen, our faith is not primarily centered in the teachings of Jesus. It's primarily centered in the birth, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, we have an historical faith, a faith that's based upon events. And that's why people that are Christian skeptics, that's why when they try to knock down the Christian faith, when they try to criticize the Christian faith, they go right to the resurrection. And they say all kinds of things. They'll come up with a theory like, um, well, the disciples stole the body. Okay? And I guess maybe uh, if you think about that for a second, maybe I guess, you know, that Jesus said he was going to rise again, so the disciples just figured out he had to help them out. The disciples had to help Jesus out a little bit. And let's perpetuate this, this legend of Jesus Christ and let's steal his body. There's only one problem with that. History tells us that every one of those disciples went to a martyred death because they would not deny the resurrection. Now, let me tell you, I ain't dying for what I know is a hoax, okay? And you're not either. Now, I may die for something that, that I truly believe it turned out to be a hoax, but if I know it's a hoax, if I stole the body and somebody's putting a gun to my head or getting ready to nail me across and tells me we're going to nail you to this cross unless you deny the resurrection, I'm denying it left and right because I knew it was a hoax because I stole the body. So that goes, that, that goes out the window. Some people say the Roman soldiers stole the body, that makes no sense whatsoever because Christianity exploded after the teachings of the resurrection of Jesus Christ was causing Rome all kinds of grief. And to be able to put down the grief, only thing the Romans would have had to do was come and present the body that they had stolen themselves. This is a weird one. Some people say that the disciples hallucinated. Okay, now these are actually PhD scholars. Um, they, they, they think that the disciples hallucinate. Okay, I can get that to a degree, okay? When you're going through unbelievable grief, weird things happen to your body, okay? So the, the fact that maybe one person hallucinated, two people hallucinated, you know, I can maybe buy that, but you're telling me all of them had the hallucination? Um, Paul says 500 people saw Jesus at one time. I've never heard of a group hallucination, okay? It doesn't hold any weight. And, and the last one, the major one that gets a lot of play, is called the swoon theory. They say, well, Jesus really didn't die. He just kind of swooned. 
fainted. He looked like he was dead, but he really didn't die. And you think about that on the surface, that sounds funny, but I could tell you stories that would make your skin crawl about how that's happened in war before. Because somebody that they thought was dead and they went ahead and buried that person and that person was not dead, that's stories of that happening. Okay, there's stories of that happening. But you, you're telling me that Jesus, um, who, was, who was tortured and beaten before he went to the cross, okay? Before he went to the cross, his back was filleted, okay? And the reason that was the case is because they wanted him to die quickly on the cross. So you're telling me this guy that was beaten and tortured on the cross, who, who lost enough blood because of the nails that were driven in hands and driven in feet, that had a, a, a spear that pierced his side. You tell me that guy swooned, that guy looked dead, but wasn't dead. And so you brought him off the cross and you, and you put him into the tomb. The Roman soldiers come and put a um, stone over it. And somehow he woke up and this beater battered man who was beaten within an inch of his life had the strength to roll the stone away and somehow defeat the Roman soldiers who were standing and guarding the tomb. Now give me a break. And so this man that was beaten and bloodied and was barely, barely alive shows himself to the disciples and they are so inspired by that they go out and change the world by the sight of a beaten, bloodied and tortured man. Let me tell you, friends, the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ is almost irrefutable. It's, 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 it's an historical event. It happened. But where I want to land today is not so much preaching about this historical event. It's not so much preaching about this fact that there was a Jesus that rose from the dead past tense. Rose from the dead past tense. I want to tell you that Easter is not only a historical fact, but it's a present reality in your life. It's not only an historical fact, but it's a present reality in your life. Now, lots of things happen that are historical facts that are not present realities in our lives. Okay, December 7th, 1941. Okay, now a few of us in both of our service, we're, we're alive and remember that. And that day still could be a present reality because they remembered what, what, what they felt like when the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor. And they can remember how their parents were nervous. And they can remember FDR coming on the radio and saying, this day shall live in infamy. So there's a few people that December the 7th, 1941, is still in some way a present reality in their life. There's some of you here, more of you here, that were alive during the tornado, okay? And that's still a present reality in your life. We have people in this church that, that lost family members in the tornado 40-some-odd years ago, okay? We have people all over this town that that historical event still still brings them goosebumps and still gets them anxious when they hear about tornado warnings and sirens. There's, there's some of us in But then there are some of us that are either younger or there are some of us that didn't move to Xenia to later in life that we know it happened and we're sorry that one-third of the whole city was taken out. But it doesn't really act as that much of a present reality in our lives. Can I tell you? 
that if you're a Bible-believing Christian, Easter Sunday, Easter power, third-day power, the resurrection of a dead is not only a past event, it is a present reality in your life. Now, I'm, that's just not Mark. Now, that's just not Mark. Because if you go to Romans chapter 8, in Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul says the same thing much better than I ever could. And in Romans chapter 8, one of the most precious chapters in all of the Bible, what Paul has talked about the good news of Christ and the good news of Jesus is not done until you talk about the Spirit that comes and fills you and allows you to live again. It's the spirit of the, the good news about Jesus is just not the fact that you got fire insurance. He talks about fire insurance in chapters five and chapter six and chapter seven. But he finishes the good news in chapter eight when he talks about the indwelling spirit that makes you a new woman and makes you a new man. And so in Romans chapter eight, Jesus says that the resurrection has present realities in your life. Resurrection power is a present reality for you. And if Jesus, and excuse me, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, and a few verses beforehand, Paul just says in Romans 8 something, I can't remember what it is, he said, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ, okay? He says, if anyone doesn't have the spirit of Christ, you can look it up. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. And then he says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And that's not talking about when you die. That's not talking about when you die. Do you want to hear an unbelievable fact today? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you if you're a Christian here today. Now, if you were Pentecostals, we'd be running the aisles by now. <laughs> the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you if you're a Christian. That means you've repented and you believe in Jesus' work on the cross. You have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So let me ask you this question. What problem, what obstacle, what closed door, what issue are you facing in your life that takes more power than it took to raise Jesus from the dead? What power, what, what, what power is it that you need more of than God, God the Holy Spirit needed when he raised Jesus? From the dead, and obviously that's that's an absurd question. Well, some of you are thinking, well, you know, I, I guess that's okay, but you know, everybody can take one little text and make a sermon out of it, and and you know, you don't you don't, you don't just need to to pull one little text out of the Bible, and you know, it's got to be the whole biblical teaching. Well, that's fine. Let's go to Ephesians chapter one. In Ephesians chapter one, the same exact thing, and we're talking about His incomparable great power. It's talking about Jesus Christ, his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power, listen, that power is the same. That power is the same as the mighty strength. This is your cue. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> that power is the same power that it was exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. 
<laughs> the strength that's living in you. And some of them are wor- some of you are worried. Some of y'all can't smile. Some of y'all are grumpy. <laughs> Let me tell you, friends. If we understood this and applied it to our lives, not just understand it, okay? You can understand a whole lot of things still go to hell, okay? And applied it to our lives, got it down to our decision-making part in our life. Nobody have to complain about hypocrites in the church because there wouldn't be any. There wouldn't be any. Nobody would make fun of the church because of little arguments that church has, the same type of arguments that people have outside of the church that don't have the Spirit of God. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, Christian. (laughs) Well, Paul really bears down on this because he says it in in more than one place. He also says in Philippians chapter 3, this is probably the one most well-known places. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Can I tell you something? Third day power is available to you. Third day Easter power, resurrection power is available to all that claim the name of Christ. Not claim it the name of Christ right here. I claimed the name of Christ right here for 34 years. And I lived a horribly sinful life, slept with every girl that could come my way, did anything that I wanted to do, but I still claimed the name of Christ. I understood all the fundamentals of the faith, and I understood them right here. I had someone come to my house and witness to me, and I says, I believe everything that you want to say, but I will not give up the sin in my life. That's exactly what I told her. Because I believed it all right here, but I like to sin. But only till August the 28th, 1993, did it go from there to here or wherever the decision-making part in my life. And that's when you get saved. (laughs) That's when you get converted. That's when you become a Christian. That's when you accept Christ. Whatever type of born again, new start in life, whatever type of terminology you want to put on that, it's, it's resurrection power. the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Memorize that. Memorize that. Memorize that when you're fearful. Memorize that when you're worried. Memorize that when you think you can't do something. Hear me. Hear me if you've never listened to me before. It doesn't make any difference if you can see it. It certainly doesn't make any difference if you can feel it. You just need to believe it. You won't feel it most of the time. Too many people live by their feelings. If I lived by my feelings, I wouldn't got out of bed this morning. You can't live by your feelings. You have to live by the truth. And many times, I won't feel the Spirit of God. Ooh, my goosebumps. Woo! And my... I won't feel the Spirit of God, but I just need to believe He's there and He'll give me the strength and the power to be able to do what I need to do. I don't, I don't know about you all. I don't like to apologize to my wife. I never feel like it, to be quite honest with you. Okay, maybe that makes me a bad husband. I don't know. But some of you guys over here, you're saying, well, I'm glad I'm not like him. I'll get real, Okay. <laughs> There's nobody that likes to apologize. We're prideful people. That's sin. We're prideful people. But do I live by my feelings or do I live by the truth? 
that God has called me to. And we can think of a million examples like that. I just don't feel it. You know, I feel it when I'm in church. Who cares? I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Who cares? Do you believe he's with you? And do you believe he will empower you to do what he wants you to do? Now, he won't empower you to jump off the Empire State Building. I don't think, why does God want you to jump off the Empire State Building? But what he needs you to do, he'll empower you for that. Because the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Wow. Easter power. Resurrection power. Third day power. Now, those of you that have been here uh, that, that are Xenia Nats folks, you'll know that the past three sermon series we've been preaching, have we been talking about stuff like this? We're finishing one now on the Apostles' Creed, but before then, we did six sermons on the next step. God always has something new for you. Has something, there's, nothing, there's nothing worse than a person who is resting on the laurels of their Christian life 20 and 30 and 40 years ago. That person is bitter. That person is not leading anybody to Jesus. That person is not an attractive person that brings people to Jesus. They're resting on something that happened long ago, and there's no vitality in that. There's always something new. There's always a, a God's always got his finger in his back, on, in your back, trying to get you to take a next step. And no matter what that next step is, no matter how fearful that next step will be, no matter how you don't want to take that next step, no matter how little confidence you have, can I tell you that the spirit of, of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And it will give you the power to take that next step if you feel it. Right? No, if you believe. If you believe. What's that next step? Oh, I don't know. I need to go apologize to him. You know, we've got families. Do you know we have families that are just splintered because of lack of apologies? Just splintered. Families that have to have one house, they have Thanksgiving, and another house, they have Thanksgiving because family members won't speak to one another. The world lives like that. We have resurrection power. We have Easter power. We have third day power. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, Paul says. Whatever that next step may be for you, there's third day power for those who believe. Before, before next step, we did the series called Get Over It. Okay? And we weren't trying to minimize the difficult things that you've been through in your life at all because we know they're horrible. But we were saying whatever you need to do to get over it or at least start the journey to get over it, you need to do that now because you'll never, you'll never, ever, ever have what God has for you in the future if you're still stuck in the past. Never. And so whatever power Whatever confidence, whatever energy you need to start the process of getting over what you need to get over, can I tell you, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that power is there for you. It's there for you. Some of you have been through horrible things. Your mother died when you were young. Your father died when you were young. You, you had a, a son that died. You had a, a, a daughter that died. You had a husband. You had a wife that died. You've had horrible things that have gone on in your life. But on the authority of God's word, 
There's power because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ for you to start maybe that long journey of putting that aside and getting on with your life. I led someone to the Lord this week, and she had her, her father died at 40-some-odd years of age. She spent many years mad at God because of that. She had a son die two years ago of, of uh, overdose. She's been addicted a lot of her life. And I said, you've had horrible things, things that I don't even, can't even comprehend. I said, the spirit of the living God will help you through every one of those. Unless that's too strong and that's too much for God. Before then, we ha- before um, Get Over It series, we had a series called Agree to Disagree. I mean, we brought the church lady in, you know. Because all churches have church ladies that are grumble and mad and think you got to do it their way and all that kind of stuff, you know. And so we brought the church lady in and we talked about areas in the Christian life that the Bible doesn't speak in black and white about. That the Bible says there's gray areas. And we talked through four or five of those. And we did that during the political season. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. But I can't, can I tell you that no matter how you may disagree with someone else, you can still extend that Christian hand and say, I love you, brother. I think you are absolutely nuts, but I love you. <laughs> I can't believe you voted for him or her, but I just absolutely love you. And because of the power that raised Jesus from the dead, I don't have to unfriend you on Facebook. <laughs> You don't have to think the way I do about everything. I don't even have to be right about everything. There's very few things in my life I have to be right about. And I can deal with you when you disagree with me. (laughs) Because there is third day power available to me. And there's Easter power available to you. And there's resurrection power available to you. Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to accept forgiveness from? I know it's not easy. No one said it was easy. They did you wrong. I just can't. I just, I just can't. I just can't. Okay. You can't. It's more power. There needs to be more power than raise Jesus from the dead for you to forgive that person. That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. So many people are de- deal with temptations. I just can't resist. I just can't resist. I can't do that. I, I want to live a Christian life, but I keep sleeping with my boyfriend. And I, I just can't. I just can't. I can't. I'm telling you, there is resurrection power available to you. Now, some of you are saying, well, that's good for you. And, you know, Mark, you're, you know, you know you're, you're, you're a big speaker and the spotlight's on you. And, you know, and there's some, some people, you know, you know, can do this, but just, I'm just little old me, you know, I'm just, I'm just little old me, you know, and uh, just little old me, ordinary Christian. Well, the Bible knows it's little old you, ordinary Christian. The Bible understands that it's just little old you. I'm not talking about pulling off your, 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 going into a, a phone booth and pulling off your coat and tie and you turn into super Christian. And you leap. Tall buildings in a single bound. And you're faster than a locomotive. 
and there's nothing that can stand in your way and you can just praise the Lord and praise. I heard somebody say one time that the definition of a Christian or a person that was filled with the Spirit is that they, they could have their, this was a long time ago, obviously, because of the illustration. They could hang their clothes out on the line if it rained and it dropped in the mud that they could just look at it and say, praise the Lord. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> That's super Christian. That's super duper Christian. I don't know anybody like that. I don't know anybody that would look at their muddy laundry and say, praise the Lord. <laughs> You're not human if you do. There is no place in Christianity that deprives you of your humanity. The New Testament says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Paul talks about that weak flesh in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He talks about that. And Paul, and Paul says, we have this treasure. What he was called treasure? He was calling Christ living in us, God's Holy Spirit living in us. We have this treasure in jars of clay. The picture here is a potter who, who, who is at his potter's wheel and, and, and making a, a clay pot or making a jar. And before that thing gets burned and before it gets all solidified, you can just not like what you see and just smash it up. It's that fragile. He says, we have this treasure Christ in us the Holy Spirit in us we have this treasure in earthen vessels is another translation and why do we have this treasure in earthen vessels vessels so that here it is the all-surpassing power the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us well, look, look at Mark. He's a, he's a, he's a super-duper Christian over there. Boy, I just, let's, all, let's all be like Mark. Oh, let's all be like Harold. He's super-duper Christian. Let's all be like Harold. Oh, look, I just, I just want to be like Harold one day. If I could only be like Harold. My goal in life is to be like Harold. He's super-duper Christian. He's gone through so many difficult things in his life. We have this treasure in fragile earthen vessels so people will point to God and not point to us well look at Mark he's just an ordinary guy look he's just an ordinary guy I mean I, I knew I knew him when he lived at 425 Wood Street in Maysville Kentucky I knew him when he graduated from Lafayette High School and he was the honorist one in the whole class and he's standing up in front of a whole bunch of people now preaching the resurrection of Jesus well I just can't believe that what what happened to him God happened to him God happened to him on August 29, 1993. The all-surpassing power of the living Christ came to fill me, and I'm different. I've been resurrected. It's third-day power. It's resurrection power. It's Easter power. Why, did, why didn't God even have to? You know, God didn't have to have a resurrection. Why couldn't Jesus just die for our sins and the penalty's been paid? Right? I mean... That's, that's the way we teach that a lot, right? Okay, he paid a penalty that we couldn't pay. He paid the penalty for us. I'm trusting in what someone else has done for me. Why did Jesus have to be raised from the dead? Why couldn't he just die for our sins? Because of the picture of Jesus rising from the dead is a picture of what we what we should be like when we become new creations in Christ. When we become a new creation in Christ, old things have passed away and all things have become new. 
Why do we baptize the way we do? Why do we, we go under the water like we die to our old self and we rise to newness of life? We do that to symbol the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we do that, and in some way, that's our death, our burial, and our resurrection as well. Because of Easter, Easter, Easter power. Some of you that like contemporary Christian music and listen to K-Love and whatever you listen to, you're, you're just waiting for me to play this song that's coming up. Because Jeremy Camp recorded a song about two years ago that just, he, 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 in about three minutes, he does what I can't do in the 30 or 35, I'm going to talk to you. The song is called Same Power. And the first video I want to show you, the first video I want to show you is why he wrote the song. Okay? Let's play that video, Amy, if we can. About the new single that came out Friday, it's called Same Power. Uh, for me personally, this song, um, probably one of my favorite songs on the record for many reasons. God has done so much in my heart through teaching me uh, about his spirit and understanding that in Romans 8, 11, it says the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead lives within us. The way that I actually wrote the song was we were in Kyrgyzstan. We were up against a lot of opposition, preaching the gospel. A lot of people didn't want us there. And there were some threats on some things uh, we were experiencing. And I remember as we were going on stage, understanding really what was happening and the threats that were going on, I knew that God had called me. And as I walked on stage, I felt his peace, I felt his joy, and I felt what we call his, his authority that God gives us through his spirit. Like it says in, in Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that, that rose Jesus from the grave lives within us. And as I walked in that, I walked in understanding that he's called me, he had called me to be there. He had called me to um, be a part of this event, to, to, to proclaim the gospel. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave. And the only way that I was able to do that was, was walking in his spirit. And I want to encourage everybody with this song too, is that in our generation right now, there's a lot of people saying, I don't know how to be bold. I don't know how to deal with the situation. I don't know how to do this. Um, I'm afraid, I have fear, I have lack of trust, whatever that may be. Um, if we can tap into understanding that God's spirit lives within us, the same spirit rose Jesus from the grave, we can do radical things for Christ. This generation could uh, see radical things happen. But we have to understand that we're walking in that same spirit. And I'll encourage you guys to understand the power that we have. And it's not weird, it's not this, you know, this power. It's, it's Christ's power within us. We have to be submitted to that. Same power that can calm the raging seas lives in us. Did you hear the story? Um, he said they were in Kyrgyzstan. And there were threats on their life. And if you look at a more longer video or story of that, they were, they were serious contemplation whether they should even take the platform or not. But he says, I knew Jesus called me here. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in me. And he says, there's Christians today, they're afraid to be bold. There's boyfriends, they're afraid to tell their girlfriends they won't sleep with them anymore. There's people that are afraid to tell their family that's not them anymore, they're not living that way anymore. And Jeremy Camp says, 
This is not a weird thing. This is not a super Christian thing. This is not a superman put on your cape type of thing. This is just plain spirit-filled living. It's Easter power. Hey, friends, it's Christianity. That's all it is. And Christianity is about third day power. The good news doesn't stop with the fact that you have a heavenly home. The good news starts, is completed with the Holy Spirit living in you and you have new life in Christ. I'm going to close with this. The word is resurrection. The word is not resuscitation. It's really important. You've seen people that have been resuscitated before. Somebody was drowning out in the ocean, drowning in the lake, or drowning in the swimming pool, whatever it's going to be, and they, they pull them out, and they give them mouth to mouth, and they beat on the chest and do all this thing, and the person... You know, usually after you give somebody mouth to mouth, they throw up and it's just pitiful looking and they just, oh, what happened, what happened? They've been resuscitated. They haven't been resurrected to new life. They've been brought back to their same old life. My grandfather had the paddles put on him three or four times to, to, to bring his heart back to life. He wasn't resurrected. He was resuscitated to the same old life that Irvin Collins was living. Apostles Creed says we believe in the resurrection of the dead we believe that for the Christian there is new life and that is resurrected life that's not I'm just the same old sinner I always have been praise God for his grace I sin and he forgives I'm just the same old person I'm just hanging on waiting to go to heaven same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. But we're weak vessels. Our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. We're fearful. We're not as bold as we can, as we should be. We just need to believe. And watch what God does with that belief. I'm scared. I'm scared. To st- I'm scared a whole bunch of times. I'm scared a whole bunch of times. But I, gotta, I know God wants me to take that step. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will allow me to take that step. I was angry this week, terribly angry, as angry as I've been forever. Well, I guess you're not Christian, Mark. You got angry. Well, you can think that if you want to, okay? But I was terribly angry because the hospital botched up a procedure for my mother and gave, me her, gave, a, gave her a procedure without proper sedation. And she says, did you hear me screaming back there? I was angry. The doctor knew about my anger, and the hospital knew about my anger. And, was, and the anger came from frustration because there's nothing I can do about it. She's already had the stuff. Uh, she's, already, it's all, she's already been through that, you know. But you know what? I wanted somebody to pay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I wish I was more Christian than that. But I know you've never experienced that, by the way. I know that. 
But then, you know, I, I realized that, you know, sometime on Saturday, God just spoke to me and said, you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Let it go, Mark. Nothing you can do about it. Oh, go talk to the patient advocate if you want to. And, you know, Mark. You know, you know you're not going to sue him, Mark. That's not who you are. And by the power that raised Jesus from the dead, I'm getting through that and getting over that. I didn't want to come to Good Friday service. Friday. I was so angry. Do you understand third day power? If you're a Christian here today, that means you've repented. That's a weird word, isn't it? Uh, that, that we see people out in L.A. with people with long beards and robes on, and they have big signs that says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's not really what I'm talking about. Repentance biblically just means a change of mind. You change the way you think about something. That means you repented and you believe. You believe that Jesus died on the cross. But you do not understand this third-day power. And you even, you even maybe... You know, think, well, it's okay for Mark, but it's not for me. You know, he graduated from seminary and stuff and all that. You know, but it's not for me. You, you, but you, you, you want it. You want it. Would you believe? Would you believe that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you? Would you believe it? Well, I, I don't, I don't, I still feel, I'm still fear, fearful. I don't care. Take the step. Go to the person. Do the thing, whatever it is. But I, I'm, I'm, my, my heart's beating fast. I won't be there. Do you believe there's power in you to help you do that? Well, I don't know what I can do. My marriage is falling apart and my husband is just absolutely off the deep edge. And I just don't know what in the world. And I, 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 I don't know what anything I can do. There's power in you. There's power in you. Your husband will make their own decision, but there's still power in you to live a life worthy of Christ, to live, still live a life pleasing to Christ. There's power in you for that. I don't know who else I'm talking to today, but there's people here that are not Christians. Oh, yeah, you believe. You go to a Bible study, and, you know, but you, your life shows nothing of Christianity. The Bible says by your fruits you will know them. And you believe right here, but you don't believe here. It doesn't really affect your life. It doesn't affect every single decision that you make. Jesus is, is, is in your life somewhere, but he's not sitting at the very throne of your life, and everything revolves around him. That's what it means to be a Christian. And you want it, but you know you don't have it. I don't know, I don't know if you have it or not. I, I'm not that judge. I mean, there's only two people who know if you have it, you and Jesus. That's only two. You, to talk to him today and say I want what Mark is talking about more importantly I want what the Bible talks about of Easter power I'd also like to talk to you my name and phone number is going to be on the screen back here I'd love for you to come and talk to me 
I'd love to try to help you through that. We can do more in a 30-minute conversation than we can do in a month of preaching. Well, I, I could never go into the pastor's office. That's like going into the principal's office. Okay, then it takes more power to raise for me, you to come into my office than it took to raise Jesus from the dead. I don't know any other way to put it. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Father, I don't know what these folks need. I'm not inside their hearts. I'm not inside their heads. They know what they need and you know what they need. But I pray whether the folks here are Christian and they've never availed themselves to your power or whether they're just Easter Christians or whether they're people that they would just honestly say, I don't believe. Father, I pray that you'd help them. And would you give them the power to be able to take a next step, whatever that would be. And maybe it's coming and talking to me. Maybe it's coming and talking to another pastor. Maybe it's going to a Christian counselor. I don't know, Father. But would you give them, would you let them know that you will empower them? They don't have to be fearful. They can have confidence, not in themselves, but in you. Their, their flesh is, is, their spirit is willing, but their flesh is weak. Let them know that you will empower that step. And may they never, ever, ever just think Easter is an historical event. May they live in the fullness of, of Easter reality in their life. In Jesus' name, amen.